This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to a Mirror Football Podcast special. It is the Carabao Cup final this weekend as Arsenal take on Manchester City at Wembley for the first silverware of the season and we're going to preview it. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan in the hot seat and I'm joined by uh, Jack Rathbone. How are you doing Jack? Very well Aaron, thanks for having me. Good, uh, podcast debut. Indeed, indeed, very exciting and uh, hopefully I can uh, do my debut justice. Good, uh, Ibrahim Mustafa is back with us. Ibrahim, how are you doing? Hi Aaron, I'm fine. Um, fine, good to be on here with Jack, should be interesting. Yeah. Good, good. Um, cup final, Ibra, are you, are you excited? Um, yeah, it, it, to be can, honest. Can you get excited about a, a cup final? Oh, well, it's Carabao Cup anyway. I think you can it's, do. It's um, There's a lot of, you know, it's not going to have the same sort of fanfare or sort of build up as, say, an FA Cup final. But it's still a cup final, isn't it? It's still a combination of a competition, no matter how sort of low down on the list of priorities it is, it's still a cup final and there's still a trophy to be won at the end of it and fans are going to celebrate it regardless, aren't they? Yeah, uh, and a little bit nervous, though, because it's Manchester City you're up against. Who are, let's be honest, heads and shoulders above everybody else this season. Um, yes and no, in a way. I mean, generally, if you look... At Arsenal's record against Manchester City in years recent years, even since Manchester City have become this top level side, Arsenal do tend to the games are fairly even often, you know, the results are anyway. If you look back, Arsenal haven't gone on a run perhaps where like they have against Chelsea or United, where they've gone long spells without wins against them. So, you know, and you even just look back last season, the FA Cup semi final, Arsenal managed to get the better of City then and um yeah, so even as good as City are now, Arsenal can still go into that game with a bit of hope. Yeah, so Arsenal are a bit of a funny team. In the kind of, they do seem to be able to lift it for the mm-hmm. big games quite regularly. Though there's a lot of, I mean, they'll struggle like we saw maybe against West Brom over over Christmas and games like that where kind of their heads going away. But it's weird, isn't it, that the um, the big games they just suddenly find a new level. Yeah, they've um, really proven themselves in these uh, big cup games as such. Obviously, underdogs against. City last year against Chelsea in the final and um, they pull it out um, they come up with big goals at, at big moments even the final last season uh, weren't deterred when Costa got the equaliser so um, I think City need to be a little bit careful here obviously um, the form as such is is sort of swaying back towards Arsenal's favour I think you could say after City's uh, shock defeat against Wigan so should be a really interesting game I think just because it's the Carabao Cup final uh, I think we shouldn't forget, if these two teams were playing in the Premier League, we would be really excited for that. Throw in the mix of the wild card of a, a cup sort of atmosphere and the um, what's on the line, potential for extra time, I think could be really exciting. And yeah, it's not going to be the defining moment 
in either club's history if they win the trophy but I think just as a spectacle from a, a neutral perspective it, it's going to be an exciting game and one we should all tune into and just to add this could potentially be Arsenal's biggest game of the season mm-hmm. remaining you know I mean if you look at the chase for Champions League qualification Arsenal you don't say never, say never, but mm. Arsenal it, pretty much out se- Seven yeah. points now, can yeah. I the standing? Yeah, and it's not even just the points, it's the fact that in that the most recent game against Tottenham, the performance was such that suggested Arsenal are quite a bit away from competing at that level as, as the best in England, let alone the best in Europe. So you'd think that Champions League qualification is completely out of their hands now. Um, the Europa League, people are talking about, yeah, potentially Arsenal could go far in that, but given the wretched away form over the last seven months, who's to say that if they have to go to Madrid or Naples in the latter rounds that they're going to be able to navigate their way through that? So potentially they're looking at the the Carabao Cup sorry, as yeah, the biggest game between now and May, possibly. So does it, this make the Carabao Cup an acceptable season? If, if Arsenal were to miss out on the top four, say they fell short in the Europa League, is just winning the Carabao Cup no acceptable or no it would form some sort of compensation it will be something to look back on mm-hmm. what has been a disappointing season and say well at least there was the Carabao Cup but it wouldn't be it wouldn't save the season it wouldn't mm-hmm. be something that anyone could hang their hat on and say that it was a successful season because of the Carabao Cup win but it would be nice to have something to show for what has been ultimately a disappointing season isn't this maybe something that has been Wenger's problem for so long then because They've always scraped by, like with the FA Cup wins in recent years when he's been under a lot of pressure, and the FA Cup's almost like taken a little bit of pressure off him. Mm-hmm. And it's like his recurring cycle with, mm-hmm. with, with Arsenal. Is it Would winning the Carabao Cup just recreate the same problems? Well, I think it's, it depends if you're an Arsenal fan or not. I think a lot has gone into the fact that Spurs and Liverpool are sort of not going for these domestic cups. They They consider success being a Premier League or a Champions League, and that's it. I hold a different opinion I think if you look back on a season and Spurs miss out on the title they maybe get knocked out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League yet Arsenal might have picked up the Carabao Cup I think certainly from a fan's perspective and more more importantly I suppose from Wenger's point of view the players perspective I think these are memories that they'll look back on in their career and I think players in the market they might be going for this summer if they can see that Arsenal are consistently reaching these big occasions I think that can prove attractive and potentially um, persuade them to snub other teams if they know that it's going to be Premier League or bust um, on the other side of North London yeah, it's, um, Arsene Wenger's actually he's never never won the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup has he he's, uh, I think he's lost two finals two yeah. finals yeah um, most recently was the Birmingham one mm-hmm. in 2011 which was uh, I, th- I think I don't think any of us expected uh, mm-hmm. to turn that, turn that around. Um, are Arsenal better as underdogs as opposed to the big team? Um, it, re- recent history would suggest so. I mean, like we've discussed last season in the FA Cup, if you look to that final four of Chelsea, Spurs, Man City, and Arsenal, Arsenal were arguably the weakest of that that quartet to go, and ended up coming out with the trophy, having beaten. Manchester City, who everyone knows how good they are, and obviously beating Chelsea, who were champions of England at the time. So, arguably, you would suggest that, yeah, the underdog tag does actually help Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we will come on to Manchester City on this podcast um, very shortly. Uh, but um, from Arsenal's perspective, uh, Arsene Wenger's already given us a, a little 
idea of his his, his team news, um, kind of through the week in the build up. Um, Meza Özil is is a pretty key one. He's been ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he said he was um, stuck in bed Monday and Tuesday. Uh, back to training Wednesday, but taking it really really easy. He was. If Meza Özil doesn't make the final, can Arsenal win? Is 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 Özil that important for for Arsenal? Um, it depends which Mesut Ozil shows up. I mean, without wanting to sort of delve into the whole idea of, oh, does he sort of, bottles the wrong word, but does he show up in the big games? And it has been hit and miss during his career at Arsenal. Um, if he shows up and plays to the best of his ability, that's what Arsenal will need if they are to overcome City. But if he shows up and has one of those games where he kind of just a bit on the periphery and doesn't actually get involved as much as he can, then perhaps Arsenal would be better suited with 11 players who are going to be fully on it on that day. Yeah. Um, also, team news-wise, Aaron Ramsey, uh, back in training, could play. Um, he, he's a bit inconsistent, Ramsey, isn't he? He's, mm-hmm. not, he's, not, he's, he's seemed really frustrating. There was a point not too long ago where I was thinking, I mean, this guy's turning into a real, real player. And then he just kind of disappears and then pulls runs of three or four performances out of the bag and... Um, yeah, a bit of a, an interesting one. Is he important for, for what Arsenal do? I think he's massively important, and uh, slightly controversially, I, I still think someone like Ramsey, in at, at his best, could be Arsenal's best player. I think Özil is sublime. He's fantastic. I mean, Aubameyang certainly factors into that debate, but Ramsey can score big goals and can sort of settle games which are very tight and evenly uh, matched. I think he can come up in the big moments. He's proven it before. I think you go back to the your point about whether Ozil is out, can they win? I think if Ramsey's playing, they certainly can. They've got uh, the likes of Mkhitaryan as well as Aubameyang. Um, not, sorry, not Mkhitaryan, he's a uh, cup tied, obviously. Um, but I think that makes Ramsey's uh, inclusion even more important. I think you would suspect that City will be on top for most of this game. And as such, you're going to need someone with a cool head when the chances do drop obviously Ozil can provide the the pass or the pass before the pass for the goal but Ramsey's going to need to be on his game hopefully if he's involved for the neutral perspective I mean he's um, he's got two cup winning cup final winning goals for Arsenal in the last three seasons mm-hmm. so if there's a, any player in the Arsenal squad you want playing in a cup final mm-hmm. I think Ramsey has proven that he is Arguably, should be the first name on the team sheet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, Jack Wilshire. Um, bit unsure about him. Uh, still not signed a new contract at Arsenal. Um, he's he's kind of found another level again. I think Bournemouth he struggled last year, and I think a lot of people were disappointed by the fact they didn't take Bournemouth to another mm-hmm. level. He didn't produce kind of the, the level of performance we know he can. Um, is he another one similar to Ramsey, a, a big game player? Like he, he prefers an occasion, uh, like a final. I'm I'm less confident in Wilshire's ability to sort of perform on that big big stage. I think he certainly has it in his locker. He's he's n- he's not going to hide that that much is certain. If if he doesn't have his, a good game, I think you'll still see him in, involved in the game. But I think he's more capable of sort of making a a rash decision or uh, potentially evading his sort of uh, positional or tactical duties. Um, I'd be slightly concerned from an Arsenal fan's perspective about whether he can sort of carry out his duties throughout the the game especially a team against City who can expose sort of weaknesses in 
um, in discipline like that they can sort of hurt you just where just when you least expect it so um, I think yeah Wilshere could have could play a massive part because if he does turn up then he can sort of provide that inspiration for, for Arsenal he's that he raises the crowd he sort of he can provide like a crunching tackle and he can, he can link link play but he similar to Cesc Fabregas against Barcelona this week I, I, I believe it's it's less to do with what he does on the ball and more about can he can he fit into a system and obviously against a side like City Arsenal are going to need to get their tactics absolutely spot on and if Wilshere starts he, that, that could be the key um, Ibra, do you have any specific formation that you think Arsenal play best in, or is, is, is there a shape or that maybe? There's been a lot of debate about Manchester United in the past week about how, um, I say, like we said, putting players in the right position, and basically for them how they're going to accommodate Paul Pogba. Um, do Arsenal even have a superstar? that they need to build a shape around or, or would that be Urza? Uh, interestingly enough, I don't think they do at the moment because he, Wenger's flitted between the three at the back and the four at the back and both have proven successful and both have proven so abject failures. In Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Depending on the game, and it's difficult to even say when it comes to personnel who suits which formation better because you know you've seen players shine in certain formations and then flounder in it on another occasion um, yeah, looking back at even at the semi-final against Chelsea the first leg the way Arsenal set up there it was, seemed ideal just you know frustrate Chelsea and then take it back to the Emirates but first 10 minutes at the Emirates Arsenal were all over the place and yeah but did well enough to come back in that but it's difficult to really pinpoint how what is the best setup for Arsenal at the moment? I suppose somebody like Monreal is is quite important in that regard because he can sort of yeah. make the same eleven players switch between the the back three and the the back four. Yeah. So um, I and think proving to be a goal scoring threat yeah, somewhat this season. Indeed, yeah, he sort of gives thing of that flexibility where he can observe the game and change it during the game. Yeah. Um, there is one play that we know will definitely start for Arsenal. Wenger's already confirmed that. Uh, confirmed it earlier in the week, and that's David Espina in goal. Uh, David Espina starting the Europa League game against Ostersund, uh, and he's going to start the Carabao Cup final as well. Um, is this a case of Petr Cech, there's doubts there, or is it a case of he's just being loyal to Espina and, and being in the cup? It's Wenger's thing. He always has a cup goalkeeper and he has a league goalkeeper. Whether that's to his detriment remains to be seen, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any reflection on what he thinks of Petr Cech or even what he thinks of David Ospina. He just seems to play his quote-unquote second-choice keeper in cup games, and that's been the case for years, and that will continue to be the case, it seems. Yeah, Petr Cech, he is getting on a little bit, though. Is there maybe a little bit of doubt from Arsenal's perspective that Cech is not the man going forward now that to, to be Arsenal's number one? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he's 
come up. I mean, there's been errors in his game that were, you know, you never saw when he was playing at Chelsea. Or if he did, they were very, very few and far between over his longer spell at Chelsea. But now you see them. <clears throat> sorry, uh, you see them quite frequently at Arsenal. And while well, he, he remains a, still a top goalkeeper, he's still a fantastic keeper. But with those errors constantly creeping in, perhaps Arsenal should be looking at reinforcements in the summer in that area. Because uh, even David Ospina, he's not perhaps not quite at a level to be a number one goalkeeper for a team that has ambitions of challenging for top honours. Yeah. Uh, were the doubts when he was at Chelsea, um, kind of near the end of his career, that mm-hmm. actually maybe he's, he's not quite at the level he once was? Yeah, it's um, obviously a big debate from Chelsea's perspective as well. That that time where they um, they plumped for Thibaut Courtois, they looked to sort of in, secure their long-term future in that position and um, ironically enough they might sort of be half betrayed in that regard because Courtois still hasn't signed a new deal they uh, they got rid of uh, Petrček's um, favourite goalkeeping coach Lolly Kahn um, purely to suit uh, Courtois' preference and um, if he doesn't end up signing that, ex- that long term deal then I think many Chelsea fans will sort of be justified in their fondness for, for Czech during that time but certainly his form is sort of on the decline and um, I suspect both Czech and Ospina need to be moved on at some point within the next year to hey, 18 months um, but obviously side like Arsenal they've, they've got other priorities and maybe they can sort of uh, cope for the time being And but going back to the decision to, to opt for Ospina whether you like the policy or not I think you've got to respect the consistency from Wenger and I think in that regard it will help Spina sort of settle and know that it's not an audition as such. He he would have known probably long before we did about about the decision. So I think um, Arsenal can be pretty confident that Spina is going to do as well as he possibly can. Although he does have a, a bit of a mistake in him too. Absolutely. Um, now um, I think we've covered Arsenal pretty mm-hmm. comprehensively there. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've done quite well. Um, we've actually got to this point of the podcast by only with one brief mention of Manchester City against mm. Wigan uh, on Monday, which um, that's a nice little uh, a nice little kind of subplot to this mm. this cup final because City can't win the quadruple anymore. The, the, the it was widely expected the Carabao Cup was going to be the first one ticked off, then the league will follow, FA Cup and Champions League. Who knows? They're out of the FA Cup. Um, is that game against Wigan a wake-up call for Manchester City? that actually would maybe come at a bad time for Arsenal like do they now will they in their heads be thinking we now have to get it right um, at risk of you know throwing everything away um, I don't I don't necessarily think they'll be thinking they can throw it all away I don't think that the loss to Wigan is going to kickstart some horrible free fall for Manchester City I mean it's a cup final on Sunday and as we've stated it could essentially go either way City probably going in as favourites and will probably want to bounce back from that Wigan game but at the same time I would still think that Pep Guardiola and that team are perhaps looking at the Champions League and the Premier League and thinking these are our main prizes yes it would be nice to win the Carabao Cup yes it would have been nice to win the quadruple but you know they have a priority and they're aiming for that I mean with City the quadruple was you know, spoken about. I'm not sure how much by actual City fans or people within the club, but it was speculated. It was spoken about in the media, uh, that certainly. Um, and 
as was the unbeaten run previously. And now both of those have gone. Perhaps <laughs> that perhaps alleviates the pressure on City, perhaps, to the point where they think, actually, yes, we'll go for the league and the Champions League, and these are the things that we need to get. We don't have this thing hanging over us that we need to win the, the quadruple. Or so they're almost yeah. going to go back to just enjoying themselves. Yeah, yeah. I imagine and so. Enjoying yeah. the, the, the yeah. style of play. Um, Jack, uh, City, do you see them still as favourites, even though obviously we know what Arsenal can do in big games, do you? And even with the Wigan game, are City still out-and-out favourites for this game? Yeah, I think they're favourites for this game, um, merely from the fact that they're going to dominate possession. They've got more match winners. I think... Uh, you're going to see a City team that maybe needed that that sort of um, that shock result to kind of refocus their minds. That said, if they lose the game on Sunday, could they go to free fall? Could they sort of unravel a little bit? You look at the unbeaten run gone out of the FA Cup. If they lose the final to to Arsenal, that's obviously it's pretty gutting to sort of go that far and expend so much energy in a tournament to then not even pick it up. Um, you then look at the the league. Obviously, before the season, you'd say just the Premier League would have been a huge success. But this City side, they they've shown they they can go so much deeper. They can, they have more potential than just to win the Premier League. I think they need this on Sunday to kind of have a little bit of a buffer to that Premier League success and give them more release a little bit of pressure in the Champions League. Because should they lose on Sunday, they've got the league, and then suddenly maybe in the quarterfinals it's it's a huge pressure there to sort of go really deep in, in that tournament otherwise they will be left with just the Premier League and I think given the way the season's developed that would be a not a failure but a, a disappointment at least Yeah. so uh, Manchester City were saying they're going to need two trophies really to class it as a, uh, a success I, th- I think so yeah. yeah yeah you think so yeah yeah. Um, from City's perspective, is there is there anything there that says there's a weakness that Arsenal can exploit? Um, I know myself. I look mm. at City's defence, um, and as I think everybody does, and goes, yeah, it's, it's not quite right. Um, fullbacks, um, it's probably going to be Zinchenko mm. starting left back. Um, something maybe for, for for Arsenal to exploit, especially with uh, Aubameyang coming back coming back into the team potentially. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think Zinchenko is um, obviously not a natural left back. He's uh, he's better suited to being a number ten or a, an eight. He's so, an attacking well, midfielder, yeah. so it's kind of a weird role that mm. Pep's kind of put him in. Yeah, and I think Arsenal can exploit that. Uh, let's not just forget about Carl Walker on the other side. He has lapses in concentration. Obviously, the the Will Grigg goal was, um, I'd say, at least partly his fault. It was um, the strange positioning in that one. So I think Arsenal are going to see opportunities to expose City in that regard uh, it's just going to be about speed of mind can they, can they really sort of go at the heart of City um, it's it's one of those where on the ball Zinchenko gives you gives you a better outlet but players like Fernandinho are going to need to sort of drop in and make sure that they aren't exposed in transitions yeah. and you spoke about the defence as well I mean they are still I mean John Stones he still has those that, that odd lapse in him doesn't he so someone like Aubameyang if he plays to well the ability that we know he can do and gets the ball gets the opportunities then maybe that is an area that Arsenal could exploit Are Arsenal relying on them lapses of, of, of concentration or are Arsenal 
do they think they're strong enough to outplay um, City? I'm not certain. I think reliant might be a bit strong, but being aware of that as a possibility. I mean, you know, every team goes in to exploit the weaknesses of an opposition. So if Arsenal see those weaknesses, then potentially and play in a way in which they can sort of force those errors. And I imagine that, yeah, it's something that Arsene Wenger shouldn't be thinking about. Yeah. Uh, right, just to wrap up this uh, preview podcast, uh, let's get your predictions. Uh, Ibra? Um, I'm going 2 0 City, one goal, a goal in each half. Probably fairly comfortable, I imagine. Very comfortable, doesn't sound like too much of a spectacle either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you and your ability like that. Uh, Jack, any different? Yeah, I think Arsenal will win on Sunday. I think um, it's one of those where they, they've proven on the, this big stage before they're not going to freeze. And I think City have got a quickly adapt um, from from their defeat on Monday and get their head straight and I think Arsenal have got uh, they, they love to be the underdogs there's nothing to lose they're expected to lose and I think we've seen this before um, don't be shocked if uh, Wenger gets it right on the on the day and Arsenal end up with another cup trophy in the, the worst <laughs> period in their history it's uh, all doom and gloom days out of Wembley picking up trophies so um, yeah I think City um, might might quickly uh, find themselves in a bit of a hole in this season and um, I think Arsenal might sneak it 2-1 OK interesting uh, myself personally I'm uh, I'm going City win mm. I, I, I think a narrow City win maybe a 2-1 probably a late goal I feel like late goals are a theme in Arsenal Cup Finals mm. it's about time they conceded one late, <laughs> uh, as opposed to score one um, but right, that will do us for our Carabao Cup uh, preview um, if you're not already subscribing to the Mirror Football Podcast uh, you can get us on Audio Boom, Spotify and iTunes. And if you'd like to give us a five-star rating or leave us a, a nice comment, they'd be very, very much appreciated. Um, if you want to preview the Premier League weekend, there are uh, Premier League games uh, going on, as in, kind of including Manchester United versus Chelsea. Uh, there is a separate podcast uh, this week uh, previewing the Premier League uh, with these guys again. Uh, so if you want to listen to that one, uh, you can find it also on the Mega Football page. Uh, But until then, um, we will see you next week. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.